Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. I am your host, Blythe Brumley, and today I play a 20-minute segment I recorded with a gentleman by the name of Kyle McNaught of Freight Plus. He's the director of marketing over there, and if that name sounds familiar, you might remember Kyle from a recent show where we talked about building an internal content team at a freight company. So after this episode, if you want to dive in a little bit deeper into content planning and how to structure that from an in-house company perspective, I'll link to that show for you to listen to next right after this one. But in this one, I want to talk about the top four fears logistics companies have when creating content. I wanted to highlight this talk from a recent sales and marketing virtual event hosted by FreightWaves to bring to light some of the common obstacles we run into before developing a content plan for ourselves or our business. Getting in front of a camera and sitting in front of a microphone can be extremely intimidating, and we haven't even really published a show yet. It's something that a lot of companies face. I have faced myself over the years. But I always kind of come back to this quote, and that was what a wise person once said, you got to be brave enough to fail in front of others. And really, when you think about it, that's all content marketing is, putting your company, your service, your ideas, and shouting them to the world using a variety of different methods. But just like a variety of things in life, we have to practice at it just like everything else. Your first episode is probably going to suck, but after you publish 10 shows, I'm willing to guarantee you're going to be a hell of a lot better at it than in your first show. Now, also in the show notes, I'm going to link a resource that I just created highlighting some of the best influencers and in-house content teams creating that content in the logistics space because over the last year, so many companies have jumped headfirst into this content game. So if you're thinking of doing the same, this resource can help you, you know, get those creative juices flowing with ideas on how to craft your own content plan moving forward using both examples of people who are doing it in-house for a big company and then those who are just really doing everything by themselves, the shooting, the planning, the editing, the publishing, the distribution, everything they're doing it by themselves. So I'll link to that resource. Make sure you check that out. And that should give you some ideas of budgetary circumstances, what you're going to have to work with, what you're going to think about long term, and also time commitment, because it does take a lot of time in order to create content, but not that much where you couldn't make small adjustments here and there, whether you're working with a big team, a big budget, or a small team and a small budget. These are all just a few of the fears that we're actually going to talk about in this episode, and it's fears that I've dealt with along the way, and it's something that every company is going to have to experience at one point or another. It's really just a part of the creator journey at this point. So in this show, let's go ahead and let's just hear them on out, and then let's talk about how to move past them. So here it is, top four fears when creating content. Welcome in, everybody. My name is Blythe Brumleave, and I am with DigitalDispatch.io and FreightSchoolPlaybook.com. And today I am joined by Kyle McNaught of Freight Plus. He is the Director of Marketing. And today we're going to be talking about the top 
four fears when it comes to creating content. And the both of us have been in the logistics industry for a few years now, and we've also been creating content for the better part of the last decade. So we have a lot of experience into how content is being created, both from the client side, from internal customer side, and also personally of what the content that we're creating as well. So we're going to dive into these four fears and sort of talk you through them so you can start creating video and podcast content in a lot more confident of an environment and get those out to your audience in order to help with your marketing initiatives for 2021 and beyond. So the first fear that we're going to dive into is the fear of failure. And I don't mean to start you off with this one, Kyle, but go ahead and talk about the fear of failure when it comes to creating content. Well, hi, Blythe. How's it going? (laughs) It's going great. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the full kind of behind the scenes with you and I is we've known each other since 2010 when you kind of were blogging and I was doing live streaming video. So we've had our fair share of experience of creating content. And really, I mean, the first one's kind of, I think the one that both of us really more or less experience every single day. I mean, when it comes to creating content, you're always fearing about failing. And I mean, honestly, it happens. I've done podcasts where I've booked a guest and they fell through. I've done podcast recordings where I've recorded the guest, edited the video, sent it to them, and they couldn't get signed off and it fell through. Uh, I've had live streams like die out on me in the middle of a live stream uh, because of stuff like copyright and because of Wi-Fi issues. I mean, I, I've failed a lot when it comes to content creation. And really the big thing that I, I think that helped me or really I, I try to take keep keep top of mind is failure isn't, it, it's just a learning lesson. It's a learning opportunity. Um, really, if, if you're taking the time to kind of learn why you failed and being able to kind of mark that down in your head or even writing it down so you can document, here's what happened. It helps you for the next time. Because I mean, at the end of the day, the content we're creating, especially as marketers and sales, isn't going to be that you're not making an avatar. You're not making a multi-million dollar <laughs> budget uh, production, right? You're, you're making something simple. But really for me, it, it's I'm using failure as a learning opportunity. And the, the big thing that really helps out is time allocation. Kind of set in stone how long you're going to use to create this. So if you start to create something and it's going way over time, you kind of A, learn from that, but B, also can kind of say when you should cut like bait, like this ain't going to work anymore. And I think a lot of people, they sort of assume to be good at something right when they start doing it. And you have to sort of think about other professions and and think about Tom Brady. Do you think that he was a Hall of Fame quarterback the first time he ever touched a football? No, he went to the field, he practiced and he got the reps in. And that's one of the more important things when it comes to creating content is that you're probably going to suck the first time. Right before that, we recorded this show, we were experiencing, and I say we, I really mean me, experiencing Wi-Fi issues, experiencing equipment issues. These are the things that you're going to naturally have to work through and naturally have to progress from. And so for a, a company's perspective, whenever you're thinking about your content, think about the content that you're already creating internally. So the webinars that you may be hosting, the safety updates that you may be creating, the uh, any other kind of content that you're actually out there, maybe recording a sales call with a potential customer. These are all things that you can start with internally and then you Use that in your content marketing plan in order to get the message out of what it really is like working with you and your brand. And so the next one on the list that we we whoa, talk whoa, about. Whoa, whoa, we can't we can't pass before you <laughs> your best failure. I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. Oh, what was yeah, your best I, failure? 
my best failure would probably be when I was recording or broadcasting live our radio show. I was a, a sports radio broadcaster and um, we would be live streaming the radio show, the first radio show in the country that was actually live streamed out to different audiences. And I was the one managing that because no one at the station knew how to do it. So when it went down during a broadcast, you saw me panicking off to the side, <laughs> trying to fix it. And in the middle of hosting, that is a very sort of terrifying thing to to oh, try yeah. to manage the tech part of it and also the hosting part of it. So if I do give a piece of advice to anybody who's out there, have someone that's managing the tech side of things. So then the host can also just focus on creating a great show. If that oh, makes that's sense. such a good, no, that's a hundred percent. I should have said that as my thing too. Don't try to do it both. It is extremely hard. And it, doing this isn't, it's not, you're not naturally talented, right? You're not going to start singing it like, oh my gosh, Mariah Carey's on the phone. It, it really is practice. You're riding a bicycle. It takes time. Try not to put as much on your plate. And then also, you know what? Practice, practice, practice. Do it mm -hmm. beforehand is a big thing. I, I plenty of times will script out, do dry runs, all that type of stuff. That's what the big production companies do. I mean, I'll tell you from behind the scenes. They all do this stuff beforehand. They have mock, they have drive, they do all that type of stuff. It's huge. And Sorry to cut you off. On that. <laughs> and they're doing several takes at a time. No, I'm glad you you stopped me to make me air my my biggest mistakes. But moving <laughs> yeah. on to the next. Well, I can tell you mine. It was <laughs> accidentally not realizing that I wrote over the entire hard drive. So a oh, three no. day shoot, all the footage was gone, gone. Oh. I flown out all that stuff. So. You can't feel worse than that. Folks. No, I, and you, now that you say this, I'm thinking of another instance where I did an entire two-hour broadcast solo show and I had no audio. And I had people calling me during the show. And I'm like, why the heck are they calling me? They know that I'm recording live right now. And they were, they were calling to tell me, hey, we can't hear you. So I sat there for two hours with no audio and did a two-hour show. So oh, if, if you ever want to feel like you're you're... You're never going to experience these issues. You're going to. It's the fact that you got to be able to move past them and move on to the, you know, the, the ultimate goal is creating that valuable piece of content that your customers either want to know or are already asking, or they might not know that it's a problem yet. And you can speak to that problem. Oh, yeah. Definitely learn. I mean, the big thing's learning. But yeah, and I, th I think the second kind of, the big fear people have, and I, I hear this one all the time, Blythe, but you can definitely talk to it, is the metrics that they can't prove. I mean, it is one of the things when it comes to digital content creation. How do you even prove it's worth it? And I think it's something that a lot of businesses, uh, executives in particular, a lot of different, uh, they, 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 they strap their marketers to these arbitrary goals that just don't make sense anymore. You want to be able to prove the ROI of a podcast that it's, it's showing up in your sales. Well, guess what? You're not going to be able to prove that in an analytics report. It doesn't exist. And you'll also see a good example that, that I like to give out a lot of times is that if you're running an advertisement on Facebook and you're running maybe a video advertisement with that with that product or with that advertisement, a lot of people, they will see the ad and then they will go to Google and they will search for your company and they will land on the home page. And so if that lead likes what they saw in the advertisement and then converts on your website, that metric is going to show that Google 
sent, that organic search sent you that lead and not the actual advertisement. If you look at a lot of the different studies, they will tell you that it, it, the more you spend in advertising, the more your organic search rankings are going to go up or your organic searches are going to go up for your site. So you, we have to get rid of the idea that we're going to be able to measure ROI through video and podcast. It just doesn't work like that anymore. It works maybe back in 2010, 2011. It doesn't work for the way people buy now. Oh, totally. And I think the big thing too is everyone thinks that you can just upload a video to YouTube, put something on Facebook, but they're not thinking about how the platform wants to perform, which is something that I kind of picked up and not, not to be an advice monkey or advice kind of monster about this, but really try to read up on the platforms you're going to use. I think YouTube's another, like understanding what YouTube uses successful mm-hmm. will help you in the metrics that you kind of, what you're going to prove from this platform. I mean, at the end of the day, I, if you got great advice on how to make the executive team buy into what content creation does, let me know. But if you're looking, <laughs> as we all know, it's just an ebook download. It's not really that important, right? An ebook download is, is great. And creating this content that kind of drives people is great. But like, does it lead to prospects? Does it lead to sales? Does it lead to all that stuff? It's not really as great as you would think. So really, yeah. I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I would say with ebook downloads in particular, the conversion rate for what's actually driving revenue is less than 1%. So we're as, as companies, as, as an industry as a whole, we're investing a lot of money into case studies and ebooks. But when you go and you actually make the data correlations of what you're, what you're actually putting out there in the world, think about how much content you could be creating if you took that ebook budget and put it towards something that, that has a little bit more of an evergreen values such as podcasts, such as videos, things that are going to live for a lot longer. And then another thing that I would add on to it is as far as the vanity metrics, I think a lot of companies are caught up with, oh, did we get 100 likes on this post? And it's, it, it could be 100 likes from the wrong demographic that's never going to buy from you. You need to worry about who is interacting with those posts, with your content, because 10 people that interact with that, that is in your target market is a way better than a thousand people that are never going to buy from you. So just keep that in mind too, when you're trying to find the correlation between videos and podcasts and does that ultimately drive revenue? And the answer is yes, but you're just not going to be able to find it in a re- analytics report. And so the next one up on this list that, that people have as far as like fear of failure, they have uh, metrics that they can't prove. The next one is lack of talent. Uh, I'm sorry to go back to you, Kyle, for this one as far as failure and talent is concerned, but you can go ahead and speak on that. Oh, I absolutely have a lack of talent. Uh, <laughs> here's the deal. As long as you're genuine, that's what talent is online. It, it, it is engagement. It is community. It's the most important stuff. So you need to be genuine. I mean, 850,000 active podcasts exist right now. 300 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute. I'm looking down at my notes because I can't remember that. I'm not a math <laughs> guy, communication guy. Every minute, right? I mean, the sheer amount of stuff that's going out there isn't because you have a talented 850,000 talented podcasters. Guarantee that's not the case. Trust me, a couple of my buddies put out their little movie podcast. It's not good. You don't have to have talent. It's about being genuine about what you want to do. And it honestly reps. I mean, it, it, you're riding a bicycle, right? Keep that bike going. You're going to get talent. Be genuine about your message. And in time, you will get the talent. Again, I'm not talented. I just have done enough reps, I feel, that I'm comfortable talking in front of the camera. I'm still not great at looking at the camera because I'm a little shy there and I keep looking down at myself. But everyone's going to do that. You're going to learn. And that's the thing. No one, no one's coming out singing the high like notes right off the bat. It takes time. And it 
honestly just takes reps. And I, I know I'm kind of becoming uh, just like repeating the same stuff over again, but it's just what my experience was. You're, you're not going to be talented right off the bat. And, and, and just as a general question, did you go to broadcasting school? Did you get any kind of on camera degree? Did it, did you do any of that? No, I was See, floor neither state, did I. Man. I partied. <laughs> That's what we did. I was a, I majored in partying. I did communications, but at the same time, life. When you were in college, did Facebook have video? Did Twitter have video? Did LinkedIn have video? None of those things existed. Right. When we were going to school, it didn't. It's not like we were born with that stuff. I, I have plenty of kids that are writing to me like, "Hey, what did you do back in school?" I'm like, "I did Harry Potter and religion class. I did a dinosaur class. I didn't do video stuff. It, it was just honestly." experience i happen to be around people i paid attention to what they're doing and then honestly i pay attention to what i like what 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 are channels doing that i really like what caught my attention that's where the talent is the talent is the behind the scenes stuff how did you capture my attention and then trying to replicate that and i think it's also the evolution of communication you know for for a lot of people that you do see on camera they started out with writing first and then they maybe transitioned into a little bit of radio and then they transitioned into tv there is no clear cut path just like there is no clear cut path to the logistics, there's no clear cut path to broadcasting online. We, we've we've seen a lot of our communication methods change even over the past year. That's what COVID has taught us, where everybody has a webcam, everybody has a, some sort of a microphone, and we have to evolve into how we're communicating and using these different tactics and using these different platforms. So it's not like it, 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 it's something that you can never develop, but I do think it is important to, to recognize that if you want to be average, you're going to outsource your content. And I think that that's what we see from a lot of different companies is that they're outsourcing all of their best messaging and they're not putting their their company leaders in front of a camera, in front of a microphone. And that's really your biggest selling point because everybody can have the same equipment. They can have the same rates, but what is going to differentiate, differentiate you from everybody else? Because ultimately at the end of the day, people do business with people and we have to be able to evolve our communication strategy in order to evolve with how people are buying and in, in the real world and online. Oh, 100%. I mean, I fully believe that. People buy from trusted sources. They they want to watch content that are personalities. They don't want to watch a company XYZ put out a video and all that stuff. I mean, I know whiteboard videos are great. A lot of people see whiteboard videos, but honestly, the messaging needs to be there. And if you can capture your kind of culture in your voice, it's huge. That's the talent right there. But the last thing, and I hear about it all the time, is the, the quality standards. Talk to me a little bit about the fear of people saying, like, I just, how am I going to meet the quality that's necessary? What, what do you do when you experience that, Blake? Well, I think with quality standards, you're always going to face these issues, right? Before this video, we sort of touched on it that we were both going through equipment issues. And when I say we, I really mean me, that I was going through equipment issues. And this is something that you're always going to have to deal with. And you're always going to, to, to run into these issues. But the you have to make sure that the content is there. Are you creating valuable, informative, answering customer questions, answering customer concerns? Are you then translating those concerns and questions and putting them into your content? Content plan. And that's ultimately what your videos and what your podcast should be speaking to is what your company, the value that they provide and how you can help that customer out or that potential customer. And they might not be willing to do business with you the very next day. Creating content is an investment over the long haul, but it does set up that relationship that they might be able to do business with you six months from now. But if the qual if the content isn't there, it's one of those things where it, it doesn't matter how fancy your broadcast equipment is. If the information isn't good, people aren't going to be tuning in for very long. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, audio, audio, audio. If that's the only quality you care about, that's the only thing that matters. People will not watch a video if it's bad audio. And this is coming from a guy who the last Freightways appearance, I guess, was overmodulated the whole time. So haha. <laughs> but honestly, as is I'll geek out a little bit on this. Uh and I was talking to Jimmy from Wait Freightways before this. Your phone way, your phone can shoot in 4K. The phone that you have in your pocket right now that you're scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or whatever can shoot in 4k now you got to export it correctly but that is that's quality especially i mean just think about this a a decent url microphone this thing costs less than 100 bucks and most monitors are 13 to 15 inches so you're not dealing with someone watching avatar and a giant surround sound imax anything they're watching it on their desktop they're watching it on their phone the quality's there don't be surprised don't be oh my god i can't keep up the quality the quality's there I have a whole list of free go-tos that I can send out to. I mean, there's plenty of like VidEasy, easy GIF for kind of creating GIFs, Unsplash, uh, the YouTube audio library. There's Boone Loves Video. It's a really cool creator. And then finally, uh, Envato Marketplace I use all the time. I'll, we'll include the link somewhere for this stuff so you guys can see all the free stuff that I use to go to. It's all free. It's all high quality. Don't don't get caught up in like I can't create. You're not you're not creating for a movie theater. You're creating for a desktop or mobile. Exactly. And, and you sort of hinted at it. But that fear of equipment is one that we didn't list here, but it sort of falls into the 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 I guess the other four items that we're talking about here yeah. is that you think all all of the best equipment in the world isn't going to cover up for crappy content. Yeah. You the have to make fear, sure. Yeah. Right. You have to make sure that your your messaging is there and how you make sure your messaging is there is is by posting by seeing what's resonating with your audience mm-hmm. and who is liking the post who is just ghosting and sort of just scrolling through and checking it out but not interacting with it at all and those types of metrics will reveal themselves over time provided that you're making the investment in actively learning what your customer wants from you and what they want to know from you and being and, and creating that content from a proactive experience all right so we're running out of time here we got only a couple more minutes so any last Last tips that you want to leave the audience with, Kyle. Here's the actual fear you should have is organization. Uh, <laughs> content is a tricky subject. Uh, you're going to have a ton of revisions. You're going to have cr- anything creative sucks to get feedback from because it's your baby. Mm-hmm. That's the actual fear that stinks. And one of the big things you have to focus on is how do you take criticism? Because you're going to get a lot of criticism. You're going to get a lot of feedback. And some people, like Blaise said, are just going to like barely view it for you and be like, well, this doesn't match what we're trying to do. You're like, no, if you pay attention, it's a longer form. Uh, Read up, stay educated. Reading is kind of the most important thing. Again, there's so many websites and newsletters that I kind of follow just kind of stay up to speed. And also, it's not all just about video or podcast. Find the creative outlet you like to create content with. That's the most important thing. Uh, And then your people on staff are absolutely content creators. They might not know it, and when you kind of film them, trust me, the amount of times I've had to have a million amounts of patience just so someone can kind of mess up a lot. But all we're doing is learning. So it's kind of a big thing. The people on your staff are going to be good. Spend some time with them. Uh, it's three to one, right? Three positive feedbacks until you get one negative feedback. So be positive because they're just as afraid of being on camera as you are. 
Absolutely. Great, great tips. And use those internal sources at your leisure because those are your greatest assets versus hiring, outsourcing, and and trying to find somebody else to fill that content gap for you. All right. Well, that about does it for for this one. If you want to catch more of what Kyle McNaught has to say, you can hit up Freight Plus. He's the director of marketing over there. And once again, I am Blythe Brumley with Digital Dispatch and Freight School Playbook. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) 